Hallelujah. How many of you recognize this song? It has become wildly and widely popular since Leonard Cohen wrote it some 40 years ago. Covered by dozens of artists and singers from a wide variety of genres, Bob Dylan, John Cale, Jeff Buckley, Rufus Wainwright, Willie Nelson, Justin Timberlake, Bono, Bon Jovi, Katie Lang, Brandy Carlisle, you can undoubtedly name others. Showing up on soundtracks from the movie Shrek to the TV series West Wing and performed at events from a benefit for victims of the earthquake in Haiti to a tribute honoring the victims of the Boston Marathon bombing and on shows from Saturday Night Live to every single singing competition show there is. It is not a stretch to say that it has become something of a spiritual anthem for the current age. Speaking meaningfully to a wide variety of people, 
in a wide variety of circumstances, it speaks to people. So what is it saying? Now I know that it's a song, so some of what is speaking to people is, of course, the music. And there are also lyrics, verses and a chorus, words. What do they say? That becomes a much more interesting and complex question than we may expect. First of all, which words? You may have recognized some or all the lyrics the choir sang. You may have noticed that the words sung by the choir are not always included in the recorded versions you may have heard. And also that conversely, many of the recordings have lyrics that were not included in the choir's piece. So to ask how the song speaks to us through its words must depend in part on which lyrics we've heard. There is a tendency in such cases, and to borrow one of the many cliches we use for finding truth, there is a tendency to want to get to the bottom of this matter. Why do all these different versions exist? Why are all these unfamiliar to me lyrics popping up all over? How do we get to the real song? How do we understand what it really means? It's the same inclination that gives rise to books like What the Buddha Really Taught and to projects like the Jesus Seminar in investigating what Jesus is likely to have really said and done and debates on what the framers of the Constitution really meant. All may be worthy explorations. However, if you are expecting things to suddenly clear up the closer you get to the source, think again. If you expect to come up with definitive answers in the process, think again. Turns out Buddha and Jesus and Jefferson and Leonard Cohen too, all of them were born here in the messy middle right along with the rest of us. There are no pure origin stories. Even the book of Genesis in the Hebrew scriptures takes two stories, two conflicting stories, I might add, to tell about the creation of earth and all its creatures. So if you think things get clearer by going back to the beginning, that was apparently not so even in the very beginning. And you may say, well, yes, it's hard to be clear about things that happened many millennia ago or thousands of years ago or even a few hundred years ago, but certainly the investigation works well for recent history. For instance, with a contemporary song, a composer who was alive a mere seven years ago, a performer who was accessible to interviewers and researchers and biographers, been the focus of many books and documentaries and articles. Well, let's just say I went searching for an official version of the song, Hallelujah, ready to make a case that the version I originally heard performed by John Cale is the real version. To argue that without certain connecting links, it doesn't hold the same power of some other versions I've heard. I was convinced, in fact, that Cohen had a single version in mind, that he would be able to clear things up, that the original recording of this song must have been a singular triumph. 
But then I found out that the song was first recorded in 1984 for an album that the U.S. record company chose not to release. They had already paid for the album and chose not to release it. They just weren't sure about its appeal, nor about Cohen. And I listened to that initial version of the song with a sort of 80s synthesized sound and tried to imagine what they heard. And then I found out that Leonard Cohen wrote anywhere from 15 to 50 to 150 verses for this song, depending on who is asked. And all of these are people that were connected to Cohen. I found that somewhere around 14 of these verses have been performed and or recorded in a variety of configurations, not only by other artists, but also by Cohen himself. He would do different versions at concerts. I found that he indeed did write some verses that I, in my ignorance, naively suspected were counterfeit. As Brian Appleyard said in the reading that Alice shared, the song became a set of possibilities rather than a fixed text. I found that my initial experience of this song, while meaningful to me, does not hold any more authenticity or purity than another's, and that I can still cherish it. Individual experiences and interpretations of this song are just that, individual. Where you first heard this and the words that you heard and what was happening in your life at that time may deeply influence your experience of it. And I have to say from this vantage point, I love that my assumptions and suspicions about the song were overturned. It seems so fitting because not only is the story of the song's creation and initial reception something of a mess, but the song itself is about the mess. Cohen said this world is full of conflicts and things that cannot be reconciled, but there are moments when we can transcend the dualistic system and reconcile and embrace the whole mess. Regardless of what the impossibility of the situation is, there is a moment when you open your mouth and you throw open your arms and you just say, Hallelujah, blessed is the name. And just as the story that Janet shared in the Time for All Ages, just as in that story there is a thread that one can follow, a series of often tenuous circumstances mixed with luck from its initial inauspicious beginnings and the rejection of the album that it appeared on. But because Bob Dylan heard it and covered it, And because John Cale asked Cohen for the verses he had not yet recorded, receiving from Cohen either 15 verses or 15 pages, depending on whose story you read, and he made his own selection to record from among them, and because Jeff Buckley took the song in a whole different direction stylistically, and because it suddenly received more widespread attention and started popping up in movies and shows and national events and being recorded by people from a whole range of musical genres, because of all that, 
and more. And because we were lucky, the song was rescued from obscurity and has touched many lives. And I would guess that at least one of the reasons that it has touched many lives is because of precisely what Cohen articulated. It invites us to embrace the whole mess with nothing on our lips, but hallelujah. When my world falls down, explanations can't be found. I will climb to holy ground. I will rise. In the midst of pain, sorrow falling down like rain, I await the sun again. I choose love. And love is not a victory march. In the words from one of Cohen's verses, love is not a victory march. It's a cold and it's a broken. Hallelujah. C.S. Lewis wrote that joy was a particular kind of grief that we want. It seems like Cohen is saying something similar about love. It is a particular kind of grief that we want, we choose. Because to love is to open ourselves to sadness and pain. That is simply the truth. But there is, even as we are awash in sorrow in the very depths of it, some measure of joy that we can feel this intensely. Just as the most joyful moments and celebrations carry a measure of sadness, a recognition that we cannot grab or save or stop the flow of time to capture this joy, but can only feel it as it passes. Sadness and joy and love are mixed up in my understanding of how we are all connected and how at the same time we are each alone with ourselves. Yes, this world is full of things that cannot be reconciled, but there are moments when we can transcend. And there is music that often allows us a way to transcend. Whether it is the music of this song or another, this artist or another that opens that up for you, that you are able to hear through the roar and the rush, there are moments when we can transcend this dualistic system and reconcile and embrace the whole mess. Light shine in, illuminate our inward view, help us to see with clarity Shine bright and true so we may join our songs in new sounds that become full symphony. Bring your broken hallelujah here. I know that people have told you that before you can give, you have to get yourself together. They overstated the value of perfection. By a lot. Or they forgot. You are the gift. We all bring some broken things, songs and dreams and long lost hopes. But here and together we reach within as a community. We begin again. And from the pieces we will build something new. Hallelujah.
I invite you now to rise.